Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the inaugural launch of the Carolina Fintech Hub podcast. I'm Tarek Bakari, Executive Director of the Carolina Fintech Hub, and today we got a real treat for you. Chris Hart, co-founder of Level, he is here to talk Fintech, Charlotte, and prove the old saying, he can explain it to me, but he can't understand it for me. Today, we're going to talk about why Charlotte for fintech and startups. We're going to talk about the Carolina Fintech Hub, hackathons, and the one that just occurred at UNC Charlotte, the Amazon RFP, venture capital. We're going to play some games, and we're just going to get really deep into all things fintech. Join us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first inaugural podcast of the Carolina Fintech Hub, FinTalk. I'm here today, Tark Scott Bakari, with a Carolina Fintech Hub founder and member, also a founder of the consulting company Level, based here in Charlotte, North Carolina, Chris Hart. Chris, thank you for joining the program. Thanks for having me. Fantastic. So let's start a little bit about you. In 30 seconds... Who are you? So I am a a former bank technology executive who had an entrepreneurial itch that I just really needed to scratch and uh, ultimately found a way to get started with that here in Charlotte. So tell us a little bit about what Level does. Sure. So we do technology and strategy consulting. We like to say that we help businesses transform using technology. And uh, one of the areas that we serve the most is financial services and fintech. So a big part of our business is helping the big, well-established financial services companies be able to be nimble and agile and adopt new technology. But we also help the fintech companies that are small and really easily able to adopt new technology know how to scale and comply and deal with regulatory challenges. So you're sitting in between a very hot area, fintech startup and incumbent banking and financial services institutions. Why Charlotte? What made you guys decide to set up shop here? Well, first it was convenient because I lived here. Well, that's always uh, an important factor, yes. But uh, no, you know, beyond that, I think there's something really unique about Charlotte. You know, I came to Charlotte because I worked for a bank up in the Northeast that got acquired by Bank of America in 2004, moved down here, loved the place, the cost of living, the weather, just everything about Charlotte was very welcoming. So when uh, I left Bank of America and decided to start a company uh, with uh, my other co-founder, it was a natural choice to, to stay here. I think the really interesting thing about fintech in Charlotte and in the Carolinas in general is the fact that we have so much banking talent here, but we've also got so many other great factors that are really attractive if you're trying to start a company. So why don't we start, I think you've transitioned nicely into why you guys pick Charlotte. Let's talk a little bit about the state of startups, the state of fintech, not just from a macro perspective globally, but also in Charlotte in in particular. Um, If you were to sum it up in in a sentence or two, as it relates to where you believe Charlotte is, and you're you're a founder, you have a company that started here. Um, you know, I, I think your perspective is going to be, you know, really uh, really meaningful to this equation. How would you rate us? Where are we at right now? I think we've got lots of bright spots, and we have a lot of ways that we can continue to improve. I think what you see if you look out on the landscape now is some massively successful companies. You look at somebody like Avid Exchange, you know. Uh, unicorn status, 
you know, clearly out there just, just killing it. Uh, and then you've got uh, other companies that are uh, a little bit earlier in their trajectory, but have successfully raised Series A, Series B type rounds, have good traction, are doing really meaningful things. Uh, you look at companies out there like Pazer and Commerce Signals that are doing really interesting things in the Charlotte area. Uh, I think that those are, are emblematic of the, the types of things that can happen in this region. But I do think that uh, you know, there are some things that the ecosystem still needs. And I think that that's, uh, those, those gaps or those opportunities, if you will, are, are you know, where we really need to focus. So let's drill into that. I, I agree with everything you've said, but I think there's a tendency by a lot of cities who are jockeying to be tech or fintech hubs to drink their own Kool-Aid a little too early and turn it into a marketing exercise of what their their aspirations are rather than an execution exercise of where they are today. So uh, we'll put the Kool-Aid aside, push it away. Where are we short and, and where do we still have to grow as a fintech and tech community here in Charlotte? And let's start with a specific question, capital. So the presence of capital, what's the state of it in your mind? And then uh, I'm going to assume I'm going to know a route you're going to go with this. The follow-up question is, um, you know, is this a chicken or an egg type situation in do you need the capital to attract the talent, the IP, the companies, or do you need those first in order to attract the talent? Sure. You know, I think it's a hard question to answer, the second part of that question. The first part of the question is not hard to answer. I do think that that capital is limited uh, in this area. Uh, you know, in particular, I think that there's some some good solutions when you look at, uh, you know, people are going out and doing friends and family rounds or or seed rounds. Even I think you can you can find that kind of capital in the area, especially if you've if you've got a network. Uh, clearly, you know, as you get uh, to much larger scales, there's access to you know, private equity type capital. Uh, where you really have challenges, though, I think right now are in the venture space. You know, looking at a Series A type round very hard to put together locally. Uh, company, local companies have been successful in doing it. They're successful in doing it uh, usually with firms that are a little bit north of here or uh, in New York or from the West Coast. Uh, it is doable, but I do think that uh, clearly that is a, a barrier. I think the other challenge that it introduces is that you know, too often somebody m- might uh, have a really good idea for a company get a little bit of traction here and very quickly get sucked out into an ecosystem that has more access to to capital. So absolutely is something that we need to work on. Uh, You know, I I think there's, there's uh, two sides to the coin of, you know, is it, is it a a chicken and egg kind of problem? Uh, I think, you know, the entrepreneurial perspective is obviously if there's more access to capital, it's easier to get started. I think the VC viewpoint on it might be a little bit like, well, you know what, like, uh, VC is a trailing indicator. Uh, capital is going to, going to go where there's been some success. And I think if you look at where uh, there is really good access to capital, what you typically find is a couple good success stories where uh, a few companies got a really good exit, a bunch of founders and very experienced early stage people blow out of that exit event, stay in the community, and are able to uh, offer access to capital and offer access to mentoring. So I think, you know, the, the problem will organically solve itself over time. Uh, so it's not entirely a chicken and egg problem. If you want to accelerate 
that uh, success, though, I think you have to be able to attract some some VC, uh, you know, not so much as a trailing indicator, but as a as a recognition that hey, you know what, there is some raw material here. It's worth investing. Let's go, you know, put our put our money there, uh, even if we haven't quite seen that that big success event yet. And I think what you've said aligns well with you know some of the studying we've been doing on other other cities who have been down this path and have had success, Austin in particular. When we look at Austin and the trajectory of what occurred there, it was a group of of entrepreneurs, investors, VCs from the Valley who were getting kind of suffocated out of of some of the tier one conversations. They, They came together, they looked across the country, picked where they wanted to go, they brought in their own company tabbed out, which to your, the point you raised a minute ago, they put everything behind. They had a success story of growth there. And then they marketed that globally in a significant way to say, Austin is a fintech hub. Look what's happened with this. And the capital kind of followed from there. So I think you're in agreement with the point then, based on what you said, that while you need capital and it's never too early to start, if you're deciding where you're going to put 90% of your efforts on, on today when you don't necessarily have either one, it's better to execute on the pipeline of talent versus the capital that could attract that pipeline. Am I hearing you right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that the, the, you know, the, the capital will eventually come. Um, and uh, again, I, I think we need to, to do more work on, on attracting it here maybe through some some inorganic means but absolutely if if you've got great startups if you've got great talent if you've got uh, a good standard of living if it's if you're able to start meaningful valuable companies capital is eventually going to come um i think what we have here is a lot of great raw material and we need to figure out how do we how do we do a better job of of creating the fabric that weaves that together and enables people to, to start companies. So I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I want you to debate the other side of this topic. So the, where we'll start here, Chris, are you ready for this, first of all? Chris? Sounds great. I mean, are you sure you're ready for this? Because this is fast D- Don't give me any time to back this out. Is coming at, yeah, all right, good. We're there. So devil's advocate, I'll start us off. Charlotte has a terrible quality of startups, no great IP, and the entrepreneurism here is weak at best. How would you battle that statement? Well, I think you can just point at facts that show that that's not true. You know, you look at a company, again, like a Commerce Signals, creating a company in Charlotte that's really at the center of of enabling uh, a new kind of data exchange that serves financial services. You know, again, uh, the the uh, the founder and CEO of that company, Tom Noyes, could have started that company anywhere. He's got an enormous network, knows people out on the West Coast, knows people from banks in every major city in the country and chose Charlotte. You know, he's right up by North Lake Mall uh, and he's there for a reason. You look at uh, Joe Giordano, who started Pazer, right? Came out of Bank of America, long career uh, before that at, at Exxon, big network, could have gone anywhere, started it here. I, I think that, you know, when you look at cases like that, you're finding that more and more there are people who have entrepreneurial talent and, and not just the entrepreneurial uh, kind of desire, but the will to actually go do it, which is, you know, often where people, you know, you, you might be, you know, uh, feeling like you're stuck in a corporate job and, and you want to get out, but you're not able to make that jump. And I think what you're seeing uh, and what we have seen over the last five years is more and more people are making that jump. So I, I think the entrepreneurial spirit is definitely here. And I think the the talent is absolutely here. So you raised some decent points there, but, and you mentioned before, 
um, Avid Exchange. Uh, so, okay, let's say I agree with what you've said. Is there not a tranche that's missing? We've got our billion-dollar unicorns, right? We've got a ton of startups pre-revenue. Where's our middle market of startups between 50 and 200 million in revenue? Where, where not that 200 million is probably, uh, if the startups are listening, more than middle market. But in that sense of things, before you get to the big times of Fortune 1000, you know, where, where are they at? So uh, I think we'll find out in about four years. So the uh, I think the you know when you look at the the history you know Avid Exchange well so, so let me take a step back and just say you know I think the there's a common misnomer that uh, there's this idea that there's overnight success uh, with early stage companies and you know the reality is is that every overnight success is preceded by ten years of just grinding it out and having no one notice uh, and I think that if you look at most of the successful startups they all share that story. So obviously it's fantastic that, that Avid Exchange has been able to do what they've been able uh, to accomplish uh, over the last 10 years or so. Uh, I think you know, what, you, what we're seeing is that uh, we've started down this journey, you know, even before the Carolina FinTech Hub uh, got started, you look at things in the community like QC FinTech, right? Now on class seven, right? In every class you see the quality of applicants and the uh, value that gets created coming out of uh, each one of those programs grow and grow. I think you know there is uh, an element where there's a you know almost a, an annuity or a, an accrual that has to happen over time. So I think we're getting there. I think you're right. It's hard to argue that there that uh, there's not a ton in that middle market, but I think I think we're on the way there. So let's shift gears. You mentioned the Carolina FinTech Hub. Clearly, we're going to need to talk about that because I'm interested. I'm interested to know more. So first of all, let's define fintech because hopefully our listeners out there aren't just, you know, our little circle of folks who are in the fintech world. Fintech, of course, stands for financial technology. As the Carolina Fintech has, Hub has, has defined it internally for themselves, they've kind of looked at it as either the disruption or uh, enhancement of anything in the, in the realm of financial services through the use of technology. So clearly a large umbrella. Um, but obviously, again, for those who maybe aren't living and breathing this every day, when you think about the PayPals and the Venmos and the SoFis, and for every one of those name brand names you know, there's a thousand other you, others you never heard of. So that's the definition of fintech. And the fact that fintech is either, indeed either disrupting or enhancing financial services as we know it today just give us a second uh, from your perspective. Both of us obviously are involved and engaged in part of the, the Carolina FinTech Hub. What is the FinTech Hub and why are you a part of it? Sure. So the FinTech Hub is the glue that is starting to bring together the factors that we've been talking about here. So it's not just the capital, but it's the talent. It's the resources, whether it's uh, folks who work uh, in the educational space or in the private sector or work for banks or other financial services companies who might ultimately be clients or partners or acquirers of companies that work in the fintech space. I think what you highlighted earlier is that uh, although there are pockets of raw material and there's a, a lot of work that's already gone on uh, in Charlotte and, and more, more broadly in the Carolinas as a whole, uh, what we haven't had is that kind of unifying fabric to draw everybody together. And I think when you look at other cities that have been successful in doing this, other regions that have been successful in doing this, some of that kind of naturally gets created. You know, the, the Bay Area in Silicon Valley has this naturally. They just have, 
you know, wickedly strong networks that uh, enable people to, to navigate the resources that they, they need. And, uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't think that that existed in the Carolinas. So creating a way to bring together those different parties that really help enable uh, this ecosystem to, to generate more value. To me, that's what the Carolina FinTech Hub is all about. So whether it's connecting folks who uh, you know, might be coming through a university program and are interested in getting into FinTech or helping connect the dots between uh, an early stage FinTech company and being able to navigate introductions to a, a bank that's a very complex organization where they might not even know who to call at a Bank of America or at an Ally or at a BB&T to get connected with the right person, helping to remove some of those barriers to success. And at the same time, I think the just the existence of that capability in the Carolina community now makes it more attractive from a talent perspective. So if you're someone who, you know, maybe you don't have the right kind of risk tolerance to go be an entrepreneur, that's fine. You know, come to Charlotte, come to Wilmington, come to Fort Mill, come to Raleigh and be able to find a very stimulating, rewarding job, whether it's at a bank or at a fintech company who's, you know, already gotten through those kind of early stages and, and is now, you know, more like a, a regular company that you want to go, you know, have a, a very rewarding job at. Yeah. So for, for me as well, you know, when I think about what the Carolina Fintech Hub is today and how it's evolved, um, and you look back a couple decades in Charlotte itself, the Hugh McCall's, the Ed Crutchfields, the folks several decades ago who looked at uh, banking, what they had a passion for, and Charlotte, what they had a passion for, and imagined what it could be. Now that the world is starting to shift, I think the FinTech Hub has that same group of next generation leaders that sees FinTech and Charlotte and the, and the surrounding North and South Carolina region and what that can be as these tides are turning. And in doing so, that value prop that we've talked about several times, you can be a startup in fintech, anywhere in the world, Silicon Valley, Chicago, New York, London, the difference hit the, between there and here, I think, is there it's more of a go hit some home runs and change the world. Here it's hit some singles and doubles in partnering with the incumbent banks. Back to the definition of fintech, not necessarily disrupting the existing industry, but enhancing it. You can hit singles and doubles and be very, very successful. And I know uh, both of us were at, with a lot of our colleagues over the weekend, um, our annual Top Hack Hackathon. It was our pilot run before we expanded across um, the, uh, the North and South Carolina universities, businesses, high schools, different things of that nature. Um, tell me, you know, it was really special to me. Tell me what you thought of. You were a judge there, representing level, judging this, this competition. Um, what, what jumps out at you uh, from, from what you saw this weekend? I was blown away at the interest. You know, I, I mean, I think we all went into it knowing and maybe even hoping, if we're honest, that uh, the event would go well and would, would garner some attention and, and good participation. And you see 39 college students come out, form eight teams. They spend 28 hours uh, hacking all weekend. And then they get to present in front of people who are not just interested in fintech and what they're doing, but these are executives from the biggest banks and local companies. Uh, and, you know, just if, if you put if I put myself in the shoes of one of those college students and think about the value that that has, you just set aside for a moment that, you know, maybe maybe they come up with an absolutely winning idea and they go on to, to create a business out of it. That, that doesn't have to happen at all. Just the experience of going through, having the exposure, knowing who to talk to, having the, the connections into the community, 
and having that experience, you know, a lot of them were, were you know, uh, juniors or sophomores. You think about what they're going to be prepared for as they leave college and enter the workforce. And it's just such an amazing leg up. So, you know, again, just set aside the entrepreneurial aspect of it for a minute and just think about it from an employer perspective, right? I mean, like, I want to go recruit those kids. Um, you know, I've had several that have already uh, hit me up on LinkedIn. So, uh, again, I think you just think about how much of an advantage that creates from a talent perspective. That alone is just, it's, it, was, it exceeded all of my expectations. Then you bring back in, hey, what did they actually do? And, you know, these are, are college students who, you know, when I was in school, I had absolutely no knowledge of what challenges a bank might be facing or how to solve them. And here we had you know, juniors in college talking about fraud rates. Uh, you know, who, who knew about fraud rates? You know, even I can if, promise you that wasn't <laughs> what I was doing as a junior in college. Right. Um, <laughs> you, you know, and, and, and then we had another team that was talking about... That was my first junior year. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many junior years did you have? I, I have to go back to the records, but I totally agree with you. <laughs> um, so, you know, then, then you have another team that's, uh, that's dealing with KYC problems. Again, you know, uh, you go back five years, how many kids uh, in, in college would know about KYC challenges uh, at a bank. So I think all that is is absolutely incredible. And then, you know, as, as you mentioned, this was the inaugural event, and uh, it went absolutely great. This was this was one college, right? Um, and and you know the, the hosts at, at UNCC were absolutely amazing. Uh, but you think about now replicating that out and executing that at scale uh, across the Carolinas. I mean, think about how much value that creates. So uh, again, I, I think it's you know these are the the types of things. Uh, that really plant seeds that pay off over time. Uh, so I, I'm I'm super excited about. And it. you know what it, what jumps out at me? I think you you summarized that very well, and it was very special. And it's only going to get bigger and better, and our lessons learned are going to make us better as we move forward. But you know, having that conversation that we as an as an executive stakeholder group today for the Carolina FinTech Hub had with our new superintendent uh, Clayton Wilcox of C, the CMS School Systems. And how to, how to not only kind of do what we're doing to create that pipeline of new market talent for our incumbent organizations, uh, but also, you know, the concept of fintech for good, doing good with what we're doing as a byproduct while we meet our primary kind of value props that we're doing is something we're always looking forward to. And, you know, everyone seems to be talking to these days about how to impact upward mobility you know, how to solve these different problems in communities. And what better um, use case do we have of uh, impacting that not only locally in our high schools, but from the demand side of the equation, not just the supply side. So again, very excited about that. I want to shift gears really quick, Chris. Um, You know, one of the things that was also another great event of the Carolina FinTech Hub was this hive storm, the Amazon HQ2 RFP and all of that that's there. Um, I personally have my own opinion on our odds. We were the only city uh, in, in, of any cities that participated in this, and there was well over 230 that did that and submitted uh, uh, responses to that RFP. Um, nobody had an open-to-the-public innovation session of which those results could be brought into the actual submission. What do you think that, that, the, that, that does for a city like Charlotte and, and our odds? You know, well, I think there's two things to it, right? So, so first, of course, the, the primary objective 
of any city that's uh, responding to the RFP is obviously to get the Amazon HQ2, right? And I think the the fact that you're really harnessing the power of the the swarm, so to speak, to uh, to get input and well find said. where there's value. The uh, you know, that's, you know, I, I think that that's really powerful. So, of course, you, you know, I think, uh, you know, a, a great, smart group of people always beats a, a smart uh, individual on their own. Um, so I think that's obviously one piece of it. You know, I think the second piece of it, though, uh, and, and don't take this too negatively, but I think that the second piece of it is, you know, let's say we don't get it. We lose. You know, I think the, the, the really fascinating thing about this is that these kinds of activities are getting reps in for other opportunities that are, are going to come our way. And so I think it's important as we look back on this and think about, you know, what what went really well with it, having the practice to, to say, how are we going to organize as a community and get people out? You know what, the next one, maybe it's not Amazon HQ2, maybe it's something else, whatever the next XYZ company is, um, you're creating the, the framework and the experiences that really allow you to respond to the next one. So I think, you know, if, you know, let's just say, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't go our way. I'm still thrilled with it because I think that it, it, it improved the, the quality of the community. Well said. Does Charlotte make the shortlist in D- on December 1? I think it's 50-50. 50-50. There's a lot of, a lot of great competitors out there for us, you know, and, and, I think who's uh, the odds on favorite in your mind? Washington DC, New York? Uh, you know, I would probably say Atlanta or Boston. Wow. In Atlanta, right? I mean, have you visited there? All the time. You no. dro- drove in a car? <laughs> I, I I parked my car. <laughs> Atlanta's a great place. I kid, I kid. Okay, well, so I yeah, I I used to give it a 50/50 shot to make the shortlist. If I'm being honest, I, I think so. I, and what what's the reason why it's so, it's 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 only a, co- a flip of a coin in your mind and not a more guaranteed? You know, I think that the there are things that were probably just a few a few years too early on. Um, but couldn't think, you make the argument that that's a good thing that it's there, it's in its it's it's in its beginning, but it's not so defined that Amazon couldn't come here and make a difference in that? Oh, absolutely. Help I mean, there, there's the there's there's no doubt, and I think that that's that's the calculus that we don't really know, right? Like how much of this is Amazon wants to shape the outcome versus Amazon wants you know a. a a, a vessel that they will fit into perfectly uh, initially and just be able to, to um, you know, to, to kind of draw the, the talent and the resources from to, to really be able to, to grow. Um, I think it's true that, you know, one of the probably the greatest qualities of Charlotte is our adaptability, right? So when you look at uh, just the response that we had to the RFP, but even more generally, how we look at opportunities and say, how do we respond to this? How do we go and win? Um, I think you know, we, we as a city do our best as underdogs. Absolutely. Right. Like every, every time we've been the underdog, that's, that's where we really knock it out of the park. So I think in that sense, you know, that, that's probably the thing that's uh, working in our favor on this one. Well said, I couldn't agree more. This was no matter what the outcome of productive uh, exercise for us to go in defining not only kind of who we are, but who we want to be. So, and that'll pay off in dividends later on with other, other opportunities. Our last segment today, 
uh, before we close out. It's a little segment I like to call word association. I will uh, give you a word, and the first word that pops into your mind, you give me back, right? Not pre-planned. It's going to be from your gut. Try to keep it PG. We're talking to a lot of kids out there who are looking to be part of the fintech ecosystem. Sounds fun. Really how you have tendencies to not keep it PG. So, first word, blockchain. Hype. Hmm. It's unfortunate that I can't add any more commentary, so. (laughs) I like it, though. That's perfect. That's part of the segment. London. Brexit. Mm. Avid exchange. Unicorn. Mm. Artificial intelligence. Can I use more than one word? Yes, you may. Changing the 21st century. Mm. Robotics process automation, RPA. I'm going to have to use more than one word on that one, too. Uh, um, Preparing for digital transformation. Okay, okay. And uh, finally, Carolina Fintech Hub. The fabric. Well said. Well, Chris, I can't thank you enough for joining us here for this uh, Carolina Fintech Hub FinTalk podcast. It's our inaugural one. Do you feel special part of, uh, you know, the beginning of something big? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Tarek. The thousands and hundreds of thousands of listeners out there, I'm sure appreciate you being here, Chris. Again, um, this was the Carolina Fintech Hub FinTalk podcast. We look forward to you joining, uh, being a part of the conversation, joining our digital community at www.carolinafintechhub.org following us on social media, and just being a part of our events coming up. Thank you again. This is Tark Bakari with the Carolina Fintech Hub. We'll see you next time.